Hello and welcome to Rom Book Pod, inclusively yours. We are a weekly podcast talking about all of the really, really awesome tropes and inclusive novels. And we are so excited to be back recording today. Yes, so excited. Hi, Melinda. Hi, Mika. And we have, we have a very special guest. I am so, so excited. Joining us today is Olivia Dade. Hi, Olivia. Hello. I'm so excited she's with us. (laughs) We are so excited to have you here. And we, um, and we cannot wait to hear your thoughts on romances, especially with this month's trope. We are continuing the trope of beta characters. And I just want to say right now that if we do not name this podcast Beta in the Streets, Alpha in the Sheets, I will be very sad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even surprised. <laughs> I personally will boycott this podcast. No! <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't boycott it. You just got here. <laughs> you a can't woman has to have stuff. a woman has to have standards, Melinda. <laughs> this is true. Ooh. <laughs> well, we are so excited that you joined us. You know how much I love you, Olivia. And I am just so excited because I love betas and I know you do too. So I'm so glad that you came for this topic. Well, I'm excited about it too. It's one of my favorite. I mean, they're really, they're really my, my type of hero and character in general. So I am excited too and, and thankful that you all asked me. And you have exciting things coming up. So it happened to be like I we had, you know, our calendar planned out for quite a while. And I asked you about which topic you wanted to come on for. And you obviously picked this one. And that was months ago. And it just happened to coincide with some really amazing things that you have coming up. So you have both spoiler alert coming out with Avon, which you just did a cover reveal for recently, which we will have in our show notes because it's amazing. And so that's coming out with Avon. And then you also have an anthology called He's Come Undone with some other amazing authors coming out shortly as well. Yeah, I'm the timing is purely coincidental. I know. But it worked out really well. Yeah, the He's Come Undone comes out this next month. Well, actually, technically, it's not next month. It's May 12th, and it's with Adriana Herrera, Ruby Lane, Emma Berry, Kat Sebastian, um, oh who are all amazing, amazing writers and also good friends. And so I actually literally just a half hour ago finished reading the last of the other stories because we're all reading each other's stories and giving feedback. And I just finished reading Kat Sebastian's story and it was uh, it was it made me cry and it was so sweet and it was just everything that you would want. And all of these stories, it just makes me so proud to be in the collection with them and it was also really lovely confirmation because to be blunt, when you get into an anthology with other authors, you can never quite be sure how things are going to go down. <laughs> so, 
And there has been zero drama. And it's wonderful because I don't have to reevaluate friendships. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) So it's been really a lovely experience. I'm really excited about it. I mean, that's a dream lineup right there. Those are just fantastic authors to be a part of. I, you know, and there were other people involved where the timing just did not work out in the end, but I am hopeful, and you would be squeeing over them too. I am hopeful that at some point maybe we can um, try a different anthology and, and bring those folks in too, because I was really excited about them as well. But it is the, the lineup that we have makes me so proud. And very happy. And so, and then when does Spoiler Alert come out? That doesn't come out till October. Oh, um, okay. I was thinking yeah. the cover reveal. Yeah, the cover, I just, I couldn't, it, it, it popped up on Amazon. And I was like, I can't, I have to talk about this cover. Because I didn't want someone to just see it by accident. Like, right. I wanted to, I wanted to go ahead and show everyone, especially since, there were so many, well, there are so many terrible things happening that, and this was sort of a real spot of joy for me because the cover is not only gorgeous, but it, you know, my character April, who's on the cover, is very clearly, unabashedly gorgeous and fat, and not fat in a sort of smoothed over way, but like she has dimples and she has rolls and like, and she's beautiful and it is in this, you know, embrace with a handsome man. And it, it just was everything that I as a girl and a young adult and probably even me now that I needed to see growing up. So it was just very meaningful to me. And I was so grateful to everyone who loved it as much as I did. So, yeah. It was definitely a spot of joy to see that in the anthology. So I'm really excited for both of those. So yay. Yay. That is so awesome. I can't believe we have to wait until October. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we'll get the anthology in May. So that'll tie okay. us over. That, and, I, I, and, I, and I hope to have a couple of self-published releases, um, hopefully this summer. So hopefully there will be other things in the meantime, too. But but yes, October for spoiler alert. But all the edits are in. So at this point, it's off to copy edits. And I'm really excited about that. Yay. That's Yay. awesome. So I want to I want to start the alpha beta fight. No, I have some <laughs> questions about about I have some questions about beta um, heroes because my my roommate really loves beta heroes and I've always been more of an alpha girl, but not necessarily like an alpha hole girl. (laughs) And at this point, I don't even know that I label characters as much, especially heroes as much anymore, except that like, I think I only have two categories, the ones that I want to toss off of a cliff and the ones that I don't. So (laughs) (laughs) So those are some good categories. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so what makes what makes a beta a beta, and is that different from a, a caretaking alpha? So I mean, one thing I would say before we start, and I, a couple of years ago during RWA, the national conference, which I wasn't going to that year, I did something called not RWA. And we had a bunch of people do Twitter threads on different topics. And one of those topics actually was about 
betas, non-alphas, and it was Emma Berry who did that. And there was a very interesting discussion over even the use of the term alpha, because, of course, it's coming from the issue of wolves and so forth, but it's not actually accurate. So there's a lot of using the terminology alphas and betas is so slippery anyway, because even from its genesis, it's not it's not something that actually occurs in nature. <laughs> so, and, and, and then I'm not sure that it can, like you just said, I'm not sure that there is clear, there are clear delineations within romance any, any more clear than in nature. So that's what I would say because I'm pedantic before you start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like with anything, like within Romancelandia is that I think all conversations need to have some sort of nuance, which it can be hard to have if you're having like a, a random discussion on Twitter and, you know, those kind of discussions can, you know, lead to just bad interactions. But I think with betas really, I guess maybe I go with Mika's thing with ones I want to throw off a cliff and ones I don't, I mean, really, I don't want to read alpha holes, but at the same time, I do tend to like the more, the sweet caretaking heroes rather than the, the alpha holes. Um, but I also am the person who likes the quote-unquote unlikable heroines. I like the combination of those two together just because I like badass females and those sweet males that are t- – like, I just like that combination a lot. Right, right. I mean, I have a real weakness for caretaker heroes. It's probably my my number one weakness. I but you're right. I mean, you could be a caretaker hero and be an alpha. You could be a caretaker hero and be um, a beta or whatever other term you want to use for it. To me, I think I think sometimes when you have these super alpha heroes, even if they're not alpha holes, I think sometimes for me and people, obviously there is a vast audience out there for them and they could be done very, very well and I've enjoyed it, is that on occasion, I think the full range of human emotion sort of gets, is not always explored for heroes that are supposed to be super alpha. That they can, sometimes they can be limited as far as what emotions those men are allowed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is the part that I find often and that's not always the case, but I think is it is more often the case than with, you know, beta heroes, where I think there is more of a willingness to explore the full range of human emotions in those sorts of heroes. Does that seem fair? I, yeah, I, I think I would definitely agree with that. I think that the ones that I tend to not like are the ones that are lean more towards the toxic masculinity at this point that and that's not what I want. And I agree that the beta males more have the full range of emotions. And I feel like we get to see them have all aspects of a character. Yeah, I want them to feel all the feels. Right. And I think, you know, in my case, I'm sure that my preference, perhaps, well, my, or I would say my lack of love for alcohols is because, I, you know, I grew up in a household with 
a father who was very controlling. And for me, there is absolutely cranky and grumpy. And for me, and not grumpy in a charming way, (laughs) like not the grumpy sunshine thing. So for me, there is nothing romantic about that. (laughs) You know, some guy who doesn't listen to what you want and sort of overrules you and is, you know, you know, outside of this, maybe a sexual context, I'm cool with it. But, you know, in sort of daily life, a, a controlling hero is is very off-putting for me because of for personal reasons and that's not going to be true of it for everyone i get that i mean the beauty of our genre is there's a book out there for everyone ain't that the truth <laughs> i mean that's 100 percent true when i say that i like badass heroines and there's always going to be someone who says well i would prefer there to just be a really sweet demure heroine and i'm like eh not for me. I mean, <laughs> there there might be one or two books that I'm sure I've loved like that, but that's just not my my cup of tea. But like, I love that about Romance Landia. There's always going to be a book that works for you somewhere. Right. And I I feel like my reading has changed. You know, where I maybe could have put up with different types of of um, heroes. Now I want different and. Um, and I think maybe a couple of years ago, I saw this term on Twitter that people were talking about and everyone was talking about cinnamon rolls. And I didn't get the concept at first because I just thought everybody wanted some cinnamon rolls, like literal <laughs> delicious ones. And, and, that, <laughs> and I said, did Romance Lydia just like all go out to a Cinnabon together and just <laughs> get dessert and, and didn't tell me? <laughs> So that now, like, there's, I love that. I love that term. And I was just wondering if you could talk about that, Olivia, a little bit. And, and then I also know that there is a list of like cinnamon roll character, um, cinnamon roll characters that is like floating around there, some around the world somewhere. So um, if you could talk about cinnamon rolls, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Sure. So yeah, a couple of years ago, I think it was a couple of years ago at this point, um, around the time of the election, I found that even my limited tolerance for already limited tolerance for any vestiges of toxic masculinity were gone after what happened with the election. And I found myself for a long time just unable to read. And once I began reading again, I again, I found that I really just wanted sweet heroes for for quite some time and there is I did not coin the term the term cinnamon roll referring to like too sweet too good for this world is from an onion article the onion is a satirical newspaper and it is literally about a cinnamon roll and it talks about it's too sweet and too good for this world and then I think it was fandom that at some point began using the cinnamon roll term to refer to a very specific type of character, which I think Romance Landia has sort of shifted as happens. But in the case of, I think, fandom, it was talking about a character who is, again, super, super sweet and well-intentioned and kind, and in stories was often ill-treated, which sort of goes along with the part that, you know, cinnamon roll too good for this world, that basically... Um, its sweetness meant that it was going to be, that character was going to be ill-treated at some point, need to be protected 
from that. And I think that within Romance Landia, the definition has shifted somewhat where the ill treatment part doesn't necessarily have to be part of it, but just that that character, if a character is a cinnamon roll, that they are are sweet and that they are well-intentioned, even if they sometimes make mistakes, but they are out there trying their best with the best of intentions. And, and though I did on my, I crowdsourced a list of cinnamon roll characters uh, specifically heroes because just that was what I wanted at the time and a lot of authors submitted their own so as I said on the list that's on my website I can't attest as to their cinnamon means (laughs) (laughs) personally the level of cinnamon I cannot I cannot guarantee but I have the list actually I think I have two blog um, posts with lists on my website and then I link to Amazon just because that was the quickest way to do things so that people didn't have to go searching but a lot of those stories are also on other you know other vendors sites as well does that was that what you were hoping to was that yes. what you were wondering about yes yeah perfect thank you I just knew you know I'd seen the term and I feel like sometimes when we talk about beta hero that it it's almost like synonymous in in some respects. I think that a lot of times it gets, I know for me, I use it very much interchangeably, but I know that I've seen conversations where other people, they have a differentiation and I think that it just varies from person to person. Right. I mean, it's slippery, just like, yeah, (laughs) just like like everything of a a (laughs) rom-com. Oh my gosh! Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but, but I would I would argue that my books I have three books that I'm going to be talking about, and I would argue that one of them they're all three obviously beta heroes because that was our our jam for today. I would argue that one of them is a beta, but not a cinnamon roll. Oh, so, interesting. So I was going to note that that I thought that I thought that that was potentially the case. So we'll interesting. see. Interesting. Okay. Okay, I love that. How fortunate are we to be like lovers of a genre that has so much room for so many types of so many types of characters and personality traits and different scenarios. I'm still waiting on my beta cinnamon roll billionaire alpha shifter hero (laughs) (laughs) who is literally a seal. Like a literal seal. <laughs> I feel I like always... Nalini Singh has you covered somehow. <laughs> she will get there. Okay. <laughs> She's there for you. My, my, mo- my mother, okay. if there were somehow a hero that were simultaneously a cowboy, rancher, firefighter, professional athlete with a baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it is all the things that I typically do not gravitate toward. And if it were up to her, that is. I don't know. Holly Trent could probably do that. She's she pretty could. amazing. So, yeah. Would yeah. read. <laughs> so, so let's get to the Rex. What do you have for us, Olivia? Okay. So my three recommendations were Ruby Lang's House Rules, Sasha Devlin's Very Christmas Baby, and Ainsley Payton's Tinsel in a Tangle. And I would like to preface this by saying these are all novellas, because 
right now is a very anxiety inducing time for me. And I think for a lot of us, and I find novellas are often easier to read when I'm anxious because my attention span is often much more limited when I'm worried about things. Um, That's all I've been reading right now. So I'm with you on that. Right. I can't even read. I'm just here for some novellas at the moment. (laughs) I mean, so, so that was deliberate. And also two of them, are completely without, I didn't realize till I re, I reread them this last week. Two of them are actually set specifically during the holidays. <laughs> so, That's okay. That's fine. Se- seasonally appropriate. <laughs> well, um, but I should note that my Christmas tree is still up, much to Kate Claiborne's dismay. <laughs> also fine. I- she thought I was joking when I told her that it might be down before Easter, but I was not joking. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. So <laughs> occasionally I taunt her with pictures of my tree and she just like cringes to herself. <laughs> so because I like to torture my friends. Um, okay, so. Do you want me to talk about my three recommendations? So I love, so A, I love all three of these, but B, Ruby Lang, I have loved since Acute Reactions. I've, I just love Ruby Lang's, Ruby Lang and House Rolls. Uh, you can talk about it, but I am definitely going to join in because I love that book. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Ruby is such an incredible talent and her books are so her voice is very unique in that she's very thoughtful and she's unafraid to be quiet at the same time as she has this wonderful sense of humor that's sometimes wry, occasionally goofy. And she's just entirely unafraid to, to tackle and discuss and think about difficult situations and difficult emotions and to address those situations and emotions in a way that feels very true, but you can still feel hopeful at the end as well. And I just think she's amazing. So, you know, House Rules is her third novella in this this series that she did with Karina, I believe. And it's Simon and Lana. And the first thing I would say is they're both in their 40s. And hallelujah for that. Yeah. It makes me so happy to read books where they're, they're of an age with me. It just... It makes me feel seen, and it also, the sort of struggles that they're dealing with um, at their stage in their life are ones that are, feel very relevant to me, which I appreciate. So the first thing I would say is she is hilarious. One of my favorite line that I went ahead and just copied out because I want to remember it, is there a Anyway, it says it's several bad ideas rolled into one large column of highly suspect ideas, supporting a sign that reads bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I just, just, um, and I will say that I trust Ruby because I second chance romances I usually avoid because there's often a lot of bitterness Mm -hmm. and um, and I'm angst averse generally. (laughs) But I trust her, so I did it. Now, this is Simon and Lana are, you know, an older couple, as I said, in their 40s, and they're divorced. They've been divorced for a long time. And then they end up moving together, they end up moving in together. Okay, but what I loved, what I loved about this is that, so in my head, I categorize this as kind of like 
a second chance combined with a marriage and trouble hybrid because uh -huh. they had a second chance but they also moved in together. So to me, it was kind of like a hybrid of that. And I love marriage and trouble. So I just love the way she did that. Right. And you know, what I loved about him is sort of the, you know, beta hero and a caretaker hero. Cause I am very much into caretaker heroes. Like I said, and she has endometriosis um, and she has a particularly bad bout with it one month. And he is just, I just was clutching my heart and uh, oh. the entire time I read the scene where he holds her when she's asleep, he goes to an all night pharmacy and gets her a hot water bottle and an array of medications, like not just one, cause he's not sure what to get her. So he gets her basically. It all was the so romantic. Like I was oh, like, oh um, my God, my heart. I, I was like sold right there. They, they better be together forever. Right. My heart. I think that was the point where I think I said, because I was I was writing um, my I was thinking to myself, I was like, no, I believe I'm going to steal him from you, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> he is mine now. Um, and then he really tries to listen uh, when she's speaking. And he is just I love competency porn and uh, particularly mm -hmm. heroes who are just amazed and thrilled and turned on by the skill and competency of heroines is very much my catnip and he watches her she's a she's a chef she's a noodle master that she she makes these hand-pulled noodles and he watches her at work and is just um in awe of what she's become since they've been apart her strength and her skills and all the parts of her that she has honed um in the you know over a decade i think almost two decades that they've been apart and that to me is just so uh so endearing from him. And the reason I said that I think he may be a hybrid cinnamon roll is that he is somewhat, well, he's, he's quite resistant to change and he tends to steamroll people. Um, oh, yeah. With, with good intentions, but he is not as, I would say, always as empathetic. He, he's, he's maybe not always as empathetic to what other people are experiencing as I would typically think of a cinnamon roll hero. I can see that. Yeah, I, okay, you might be convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what were your, did you have, uh, were you, that scene sort of made your heart melt too, huh? That was my favorite. So one of the ones that I have um, later on when I get to my Rex, actually there is almost, the exact same scene kind of in one of my recs where the the hero takes care of the heroine who has I don't think she has endometriosis but she has extremely painful periods like that and it those kind of scenes like just uh tear my heart out and it just makes me fall in love with the hero every single time it just melts me and you know I this is somewhat off topic but not completely the moment I sort of knew that I potentially would want to marry my husband was um, when we were dating, the first summer we were dating, I got sick and my stomach was really, really hurting. And we went to the emergency room and I'm not, when they ask you to rate your pain, I don't tend to, I tend to underrate. Mm -hmm. So I said my pain was perhaps a lot lower than maybe other people would, 
which meant I went to the back of the line. <laughs> oh, no. They were, they were having a particularly bad night. So we were literally in the waiting room for eight hours and before they even saw me. And I was ready to leave. I got up to leave several times where I just said, this is, this is ridiculous. We, we should just go. We hadn't even brought books, which is a sign of how <laughs> out of it I was. So, like, we're reading, uh, like, two decade old <laughs> uh, issues of Field and Stream. <laughs> and, like, I'm, and, and each time I got up to go, my now husband sort of stopped me and just, like, gently said, look, you're hurting. I don't want you to be hurting. Please stay here with me. I'm not impatient. I just assumed he would be impatient. We weren't, right. we weren't engaged. We were just dating. And he is the one who convinced me that we need to stay because he didn't want me in pain. And so he did not complain once. He just sat next to me for eight hours and made sure that I was okay and that I was seen by someone. And it was after that that when he did that, that was when I sort of, I mean, I already cared about him, but where I thought, no, I think I, think I could have a future with him. So it's not a coincidence that it's that sort of stuff in stories that often really gets to my heart because that is that was true in my real life, too. Yes, 100 percent. I'm with you on that. I just think that those kind of heroes and books, I'm just like, oh, I love you so much. Be still my heart. I love it. Right. Right. So so that was my first one. Uh, and I do have a tendency to ramble, so I apologize ahead of Oh, time. no, this is perfect. And I know <laughs> this, this awesome. next one, this next one, um, Mika absolutely loves the Sasha Devlin book. Oh, well, Sasha is wonderful anyway. She right, is. So, so we have, is it Liev and Sira? And so Liev is a Nordic and a polar bear shifter and an accountant, which is still my heart. I love the <laughs> Same. And then Sarah is a dragon shifter. She's an interior decorator. Oh, be he's still my boss. heart. I love dragons. I know. And she's his boss. And she is definitely, you know, she is a woman who knows what she wants and is unafraid to demand it. And she is definitely I, the alpha in that, in that pairing. And it's a childhood friends. You know, they've been friends since they were little. So it's a friends to lovers and childhood friends, which I love. Mutual pining because they're pining yes. for each other. And of course, the caretaker hero. So she's a quote unquote difficult heroine. She says, in her point of view, she says he's the only person she can stand to be around for more than an hour. <laughs> and <laughs> she's real temperamental. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And he's such a sweet, sweet hero. Like he looks at her, he thinks her reading glasses are sexy, and he's wearing a reindeer Christmas sweater from his mom. <laughs> all of this happens and he's just the sweetest and it takes care of her she's in a car accident and he's you know dragging her in his polar bear form and and trying to make sure she's warm enough and he's just he's just a sweetheart he is and he's so smitten like he -hmm. is so smitten by her and you know because it's Sasha who is hilarious on Twitter as well the book itself has so many great lines. I mean, he's talking, the two are talking together. And her, I think it was it her father had remarried a girl that she went to school with. And so she's complaining about that. And she said, we learned about the birds and the bees together. She and this woman who's now her, um, 
her mother and, you know, her, her stepmother. And Leah says, so now your dad is pollinating her flowers. <laughs> I just died laughing. And there's another scene where she notes that both sets of Liam's cheeks have a ruddy glow to them. <laughs> oh, my God. Sasha is hilarious. And I one of my favorite things about the book is that there's this line about how the way that, like, you could tell that it was love for him is that he's this extremely sensible man outside in a snowstorm in his socks smashing snowballs into her face and yelling at her and, <laughs> and the fact that this sensible wonderful man that this is the state that she has brought him to yes is a sign that it is true love <laughs> so. <laughs> so what do you what are your favorite parts of the book so my favorite honestly just Reading that whole book, it was just like getting a hug and lots of laughter at the same time. But like you, I love those caretaking. I love the caretaking parts. And I just love how no matter how grouchy she gets, and she does get real grouchy, she's just like, oh, well, you know, (laughs) we're still going to do this. And, you know, you're still, I still think that you're great. And I'm just going to take care of you. And and I just, I just love kind of that juxtaposition of her being super snarly and him just being like, let's hug it out, you know, <laughs> like let's, let's talk about it, let's be nice. And at the beginning of the book, he does stand when she's being especially unreasonable. He does stand up for himself, and I yes. think it's important that there is, even though he is the sweetest and wants to indulge her in every way possible and take care of her, that he's also not a doormat. So I thought that she, Sasha did just a great job of, of threading that needle where he is super devoted and super smitten and super sweet, but also has a spine. So I really enjoyed that book. I thought it was great fun. Same. And then I reread Ainsley Payton's Tinsel in a Tangle, which is Adam and Shelby. He, they're, work, they're co-workers. He is a coder. He's a beardo with a man bun. And Shelby is the he she's in HR. She's in human resources. And she is sweet but strong and professional. And she's a woman who is working on advocating for herself instead of always for others. It's it's a lot of what I love about romances. It's a co-worker romance. I love romances set in the workplace. There's mutual pining. It's a caretaker hero. Have either of you read this book? I actually haven't. I I have read Ainsley Payton before, but I have not read this one. Okay. So, I have not read the book. Okay, so let me tell you this one of the sweet things that he does. Well, first of all, the whole premise of the book is that she's got do you all mind swearing? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Oh, by all means. She's got a total dick of a supervisor, like a super sexist bully dick of a supervisor. And the whole start of the story, the premise is, is that the hero, Adam, loses control at a Christmas par- at the Christmas party that she has arranged. is so angry at how she's being treat- treated by her supervisor that he punches her supervisor at the office Christmas party. Even though he is usually very quiet as he says he's books over brawling movies before mauling (laughs) Um, he he like punches out her her supervisor because he's just he's fed up with how um she's being treated and 
because he's a real human being instead of sort of a stereotype, he also gets hurt because he's not invincible. Um, and sort of part of his journey is that he needs to start choosing sides and taking action sort of like he did. But here is how this has been going, right? There's mutual pining. They're not acknowledging it. What he does for her is he sees that her water, that she's running out of water in her water jug. And so first thing in the morning, he will refill her water and then include special things in it, like mint and strawberries or lime and basil, and refuses to acknowledge that it's him. So she knows it's him because it's what he has in his own water, too. But he's just, like, quietly in there, like, taking care of her as unobtrusively as possible. And it's just, it's the sweetest. And it's because it's Ainsley, it's also hilarious. Like, there's this, in the hospital where, you know, he needs to be seen because he also got hurt in this brawl. There's a nativity scene with a T-Rex, a Porg, and a Groot watching over a Lego baby Jesus. <laughs> very funny and like apropos for our discussion the heroine at one point wears a t-shirt that says cinnamon rolls not gender rolls um, oh my gosh that's adorable oh my gosh we need and, this shirt <laughs> and this and this is my this is a sort of a little personal side is that it's one of the few books i've seen where there was a secondary character who was fat and, you know, described on the page as fat. And there was no fat shaming. Oh. Like, it was done in a completely unfat okay. shaming way. It was yeah. a, just a little scene where, like, there's a breakup between two of their coworkers. And it's mentioned that they're, they're both fat. And the reason they break up is that uh, this coworker's mom, the male coworker's mom, had suggested to the female coworker that she shouldn't have dessert. And he didn't defend her. And so she dumps his ass. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and, hell yeah. And, and it was very clear that it was obviously she had good reason to dump his ass for doing that. So it was just, it, I can't tell you how rare it is to read a book where, number one, there is someone on the page who is fat, first of all. And second, to read a, a book where there's someone on the page who's fat, where there's no fat shaming. And it just means so much to me. So, all oh, that's all delightful. That, so put all that together, that and you have so a book good. that I I love. So I have rambled plenty, but those are my no. Favorite. Well, I am picking oh, that up immediately. So Seriously, because let that let somebody not defend me. Somebody's mama's getting knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, you know, and he doesn't understand this other character. Doesn't understand why he thinks she's just making too big a deal of it. And the, the heroine, Shelby, says, look, she's thinking if you don't defend her on something like this, you're not going to defend her for anything. And and that is correct. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to read this. Oh, yeah. I put it on my list immediately. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, These are like such good books. All right. So tell me about tell me about yours. I can't wait to hear them. Well, so I have a few. My first one. Okay, so I started reading this author, Aiden Wayne, who I found randomly on Twitter. And I listened to play it again. And it is so cute. It has these two YouTubers, Dovid and Sam. And they are two YouTubers. I think we are in... I think Great Britain or something like that. And Dovid is a blind YouTuber with a massive following. 
who gives a shout out to Sam, who is a tiny gaming YouTuber with a very <laughs> tiny page. And that gives his page just like huge boost. And mm -hmm. so they develop this online relationship um, where they're like giving each other advice about how to like um, grow their following or Dovid is giving that advice to Sam. And so they develop this adorable relationship and it's just the sweetest, like fluffiest book. It's like a hug. I think Mika, you would really like it. I would be curious what you thought about the blind drop because I have no idea how that was done. It seemed good to me, but again, I'm not sure about that. It Dovid is bisexual and Sam is asexual. And so that relationship I thought was um, talked about very well and like, developed a very cute on page where they um, discussed it very frankly and openly. So I really like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just really sweet. And I just, I don't know. I just felt like a really cuddly, warm, adorable book that I needed. Mm -hmm. And I love the that narration. So that so was good. Sweet. It was, I really liked the YouTubing aspect. Like I don't do YouTube at all. <laughs> But it was just like a very, it, it felt kind of young, but it, it still worked for me. Right, right. So that one was really cute and adorable. And then I also read, which I have recommended Chase Verity a million times on this podcast, but I will keep continuing to do so because I love Chase. Mm. Their book, Your Heart Will Grow. This one has a ridiculous amount of um, creatures mermaids and unicorns and sirens <laughs> and dragons Ooh, nice. it was it was amazing so this hat it's pansexual so morgan is a trans guard and kalpana is a mermaid and it has some really complicated world building that i thought jace did really well and morgan is just this like sweet beta that wants to take care of Kelpana and he just they just want to like do everything for Kelpana and it was adorable how much um, they just want to take care of her and rescue her and just make everything better for her in every way shape and form mm -hmm. so I love that and then my last rec is uh, Six Delos Race they are a romance class author who I super love. Their book feels like summer. And this was a wreck that I just came up with today because I was thinking about this topic and I was like, ooh, I forgot about this one. And this is the one that I said reminded me of that scene in Ruby's book with the um, endometriosis. Mm -hmm. There's a scene between Jet and Adrian where she has like really bad period where she literally can't get out of bed and he goes and buys her painkillers and pads and like has her his roommates like change the sheets for her and it just like is the sweetest thing ever and he is just a caretaker and she is complicated and angry and hurt and recovering from a toxic relationship and he just wants to um, prove that he's good enough for her mm -hmm. and so the entire book I'm like in love with him and she's basically very complicated and by the end of the book it's they ha get their HEA and it's adorable Yay. that does sound lovely oh 
Yes. So all three of them are very good. And then, of course, we did not mention Olivia's book, Teach Me, which is my hands down 100% favorite book of Olivia's. I love this book so much. Martin and Rose in this book. Olivia, I can't even how much I love Martin. He's a sweet. He's a sweetheart, isn't he? Okay, so Martin is just the best because in the beginning of the book, he gets there and Rose is basically like doesn't want anything to do with him because, you know, Martin comes and Rose is like, why are you here taking over her class? It's just the best. And Martin just wants to prove to her that he can, you know, make things better. He, you know, he... There are some books where there's one member of the central couple that I privately <laughs> love more than the other. Or and this is one where I just love them both so much. I I just I think that what I loved about him is that he is someone who has been overlooked and not always understood or treated well, but has so much dignity, hard fought dignity. And it's just trying his best to be good to the people around him and to, to be caring and thoughtful and to toward Rose, toward his daughter, toward his students. And that he, the hurt that he has experienced, he doesn't, lash out at others with it he tries to use that hurt as a means to empathize with others and he's just he's the sweetest he really is I really loved him I love them both very much I don't know which one I love more I love Rose a lot but Martin is just he wants to take care of her but he also lets her like stand on her own, which believe me, Rose can stand on her own. (laughs) Right. Uh, He's just the best. Teach Me is one of my favorites. I loved it so much. It was just, I highly recommend it to everyone. If you're looking for a good beta, would you consider him a cinnamon roll? I do consider him probably my truest manifestation of a cinnamon roll because he has been you know, the, the, his past with his, particularly with his father, that he wasn't, I mean, this book, as I, I said on Twitter, was a lot about toxic masculinity for me and how it hurts everyone, including men. Um, yeah. And so for, for me, you know, Martin's character is sort of, you know, within his own family, he's, you know, bullied and, and abused because he's not you know, stereotypically like alpha male sort that he's shyer and quieter and likes learning and is more sensitive and um, and then has his ex-wife who's not a villain, but that his ex-wife never he's not he's not what she wanted. And so she never fully understands him. And that lack of understanding leads to a certain amount of disdain for him within the relationship and that so I mean I think in the the aspect of a cinnamon roll who has sometimes been ill-treated as well I think he is the probably the fullest manifestation of that and I do think that men in our that men who don't fit a very sometimes very narrow 
spectrum of behavior are ill-treated in a lot of cases. And I mean, that doesn't, of course, Rose is the other part of that where she's also the victim of toxic masculinity with her supervisor and other people in her life that, I mean, it's not somehow that he's the only victim, but that they all are sort of trying to grapple with the, the problems inherent in it. And yeah, he's just, he was a sweetie. And I, you know, usually I don't put kids in books, but the fact that she was basically already off on her own, (laughs) that she was, you know, that she was, this is, you know, she's a senior and, She's not a little kid, and that she too, his daughter B, is beginning to realize that he maybe deserves more respect than he's been given, and that he's so sweet with her. I just, I really, the scene that I wrote with them in the car together toward the beginning of the book, I had no intention of writing. And, and then suddenly it was on the page, and it was just, it was such a good dad, and it was. Usually that doesn't really do a lot for me. But <laughs> it was a good scene. Yes. Yeah, so, no, he's, I really loved him. And I was really glad that people responded to him. Because I feel, I feel defensive of Martin, too. Must be protected. <laughs> yes. At all costs. At all costs. <laughs> exactly. He's too good for this world. He must be protected. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, those are all of my recs. Do you have any that you wanted to add? I wanted to just mention, like, my opinion of, of, (laughs) I don't know if they fit the mold of beta heroes, but damn it, it counts for me, so. (laughs) But I think that the most, like, I I was thinking about Nalini Singh and the side changeling heroes. And um, I was thinking about the heroes in, I was thinking about Vasek. I may be pronouncing his name wrong. No, 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 with Ivy, right? Yes. And just how much he is just so, you know, occasionally he's like, no, we're doing it this way, but for your own kind of good kind of thing. But it usually is. (laughs) Um, But he's just so like, yeah, whatever you want, Ivy, whatever you say goes, or, you know, whatever, you, I just want, I just want to love you, you know, but I don't deserve you. <laughs> so I was definitely thinking about him a lot, and then, and then from the next book with Aiden, even though Aiden is, you know, that he, that he is a leader, he's a leader, but he's very much like I just I I just let me take care of you and I'm going to take care of everyone that falls under my sphere of influence and whether you want that or not because it's usually for your own good kind of thing but definitely like not he's not a very high-handed kind of person and he has a very um, like I yeah I I really get I really want to just protect him and Vasic from the mm-hmm. whole world so <laughs> well, so devoted caretaker heroes are definitely my catnip too so that all sounds delicious to me well Nalini can do no wrong so yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) all right did we did we have a twitter shout out for this one actually no i do oh it's fine look at you So I wanted to actually give, I wanted to give a shout out to the Rip Bodice 
because they just make my Twitter feed so happy when I'm checking Twitter, which has not been that much these days. But they have put out like, you know, they put out the diversity in publishing reports and how those things are, you know, how those are looking and broken down by publishing house and who has what percentage. Also, they just, they are just such um, champions of inclusive romance. And I really just enjoy I really just enjoy their their tweets and um and I think that they are definitely worth a follow and they're just really um the sisters are really engaging and and wonderful so I would just encourage you to follow the ripped bodice they are they are a romance only or romance exclusive independent bookstore in California and they are delightful they are a force for good in our community. Amen. So, yep. Yep. Run by a couple of powerhouse women. It's yeah. I love it. And then of course there's Love Sweet Arrow now in Chicago too. So I mean we're very yes. I feel really fortunate to have two romance only bookstores. Now. Yes. Yeah. Very excited. I my goal is to get to both of them someday. Same. Yes. Yes, it may be a while before we travel. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's a long-term goal, Olivia. <laughs> but they're just wonderful, and they're all just really engaging. And I think that, and I, I just love the idea of romance-only independent independent bookstores. So because a yeah. lot of indie bookstores are not especially romance-friendly. Some are, but a lot of them not necessarily. So yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention on the show notes, um, if anyone is interested, we are going to be linking to Olivia's video that she did recently about fat rep. It was amazing. I definitely watched it and it was fantastic. So we will be linking to that in the um, show notes. It was about is about 45 minutes or so, Olivia. It's, it's about 45 minutes of me and my face, but hopefully... <laughs> It is a delightful face. I watched the entire thing, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure to mention that on here. So if anyone is interested and you haven't already seen it, um, we'll link to it in the show notes so that anyone who is interested and I think everyone should be interested because it was a very educational and interesting to watch. All right, and well, can we glad. link the cinnamon roll list as well of, of uh, heroes? Yes, absolutely. Yes. The cinnamon roll list. I <laughs> Can we just put the list of the different flavors of cinnamon rolls on our podcast or Thanks. I desperately want to eat cinnamon rolls now. Same. (laughs) Same. Well, you know what? Um, So thank you so much for joining us, Olivia. Thank you so much. And, And Melinda, as always, it's so great to do the show with you. Yes. Thank you so much, Olivia. You are a delight as always. Well, I so appreciate your thinking of me and letting me do a, a subject especially that I just, I relate to so intensely and can so enthusiastically recommend <laughs> And 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 readers and listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of, of Ron Book Pod. And feel, please tune in next week where we will just, where we will have another host. I think it will be Danny who will be hosting and talking about beta beta heroes. And so until then, keep reading because we need it. <laughs> <laughs>
We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, Inclusively Yours, a new weekly podcast celebrating inclusive romance one trope at a time. If you like weekly recommendations for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at rombookpod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.